everyone. I'm Jonathan in Beijing, and this is the latest episode of Dialogues on Applied Channel Theory. I'm here today with、uh, Mei Li, who is in Hawaii. Hi, Mei. Hi, John. Nice to、doing? see you again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How are you doing? Not bad. And、uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in, everybody.、Um, is it tuning in because it's a、uh, the podcast? <laughs> 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 well, you know what I mean. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Um, Getting technical. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, so today I was hoping about the for this topic. I was hoping that um, like we could talk about uh, Dr. Wang's case studies book, and it's a book that was published. I think it was what two thousand fourteen. I think it was released in in two thousand fourteen. It was a, a book that May and I helped Dr. Wang work on. It was basically a collection of his、um, an analysis of his cases from. Pretty much from like two thousand eight to two thousand fourteen, pretty much. Yeah. So they were all cases that、uh, May and I observed. There were maybe a couple cases that we didn't see that, but we,、um, but we did summarize and help analyze. And then,、um, so I was just wondering. If, I was just hoping that we could talk about the this case studies book today. Yes, and、um, I guess we wanted to kind of、um, reminisce a little bit and talk about why. We thought of、um, doing this case studies book in the first place.、Mm-hmm. Um, I think personally, for me,、um, at the time, I, I think I had just started studying with Dr. Wang, observing him in clinic、um, a few times a week, and it had been a few months in, and I kept just kind of thinking, I wish I knew more about how he, how he came、um, to his approach and how he,、um, you know, just thought about this case. His cases while in the clinic treating patients. I want want a deeper understanding of his approach, and so、um, based on a few of the cases that I've seen,、um, particularly a few times that he treated me, I was just so impressed and blown away.、Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to, to kind of、um, get a better understanding of the way he thought.、Mm-hmm. So, and what about you, John?、Um, well, I guess because you know I was still at that time I was still a student at the. Beijing University of Chinese Medicine. I think it was only in my what second or third year around that time. Around it was around two thousand nine. I think when we first kind of brought up the idea of doing it. So I think it was for me like when I first started studying with Dr. Wang, like those first couple of years, like I think there was a lot of the cases that we saw were a lot of、uh, very chronic cases. I remember like、mm-hmm. cases that like、um, that required more treatments, right? So then I remember there was one case that really stood out that was like where. Talking about these immediate results, I was like, "Wow, that was amazing!" And for me, I was like, "Wow, that we're observing all these really cool cases in Doctor Wang's ca-、uh, clinic." But at that time, it was just pretty much just you and me at the clinic, right? <laughs>、like, um, so part of me, like,、right. I was like, I was, I was in my mind, I was like, "We, we should be able to share these cases with other people, right?" Because like, it'd be a shame if we're the only two people who are observing what's happening. <laughs> right. Yeah. And、um, yeah. at the time, it was I think it was good that we 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 weren't seeing like a whole ton of patients every day with him, so he had a lot of time to explain to us what was going on,、mm-hmm. um, in terms of how he arrived at his treatment approach for each particular patient, and you know we were just jotting notes down of everything he said. So we thought, why not just kind of collect all of these notes, put them into a case studies book,、mm-hmm. so that we can share it with everybody. Yeah, and then I I remember that there when we first started doing the case studies book, it was at his old clinic, right by the military museum. Oh yeah. So I remember like he had that little room that was kind of 
the little study room that's off the, you know, out of the, right by the reception of, I guess, of the clinic, right? And then the little yeah. bed there and the little fan that would he turn on while, because at that time, Dr. Wong smoked, right? So he, in that little room, he had the little fan on, right. like, and then I just remember just, we'd sit on the edge of the bed, right? And he'd be sitting at his little desk and then we, he would ask, yeah. he would talk about stuff, lecture. I remember the place being so tucked away that you you didn't really know what it was unless you knew that that, that was his clinic, right? Because yeah, yeah, the, yeah. outside there was no sign of any kind except mm -hmm. for like a, a kind of like a mural <laughs> where the sign would be of like a, people doing Twayna massage. That was the only <laughs> right, right, right. kind of indication of where the place was. And he's growing all the, he had that little vegetable garden right in front of it. <laughs> Where he grew like uh, cucumbers and like hot peppers, and I think like oh, yeah. like the old ladies in the neighborhood would like would steal them. them. Yeah. <laughs> Free for all, why not? <laughs> yeah, and I remember every now and then they would be um, visiting students from you know different parts of the world. They would come and also you know study with him, just observe for a little while. Mm -hmm. That's and then those visits also made to some really interesting um, lectures that Dr. Wang would spontaneously give. So mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, definitely. And then later he moved to his his clinic by his that was close to his uh, his his house, right, his apartment. And that yeah. was where, like, I think I felt like that environment was really good for us for when we were writing the the case studies book, right? Because it was like there was more right. space. Like he, yeah. we were, like he had a computer there, and like you know we were and wi-fi i think so we'd like yeah. you know we'd like print out the cases and then give them to dr wong he'd review them like multiple times right like and make it like edits to it and then we'd have to kind of edit them right. and it was like constant review of those cases and um yeah it was, it was a it was a pretty it was for me it was a great learning experience working on this uh case studies yeah me as well um I'm trying to remember. So do you remember any like really outstanding cases um, oh, right, right. That time that really stood out for you? Yeah, really I guess the, the, I, I want to do this case studies book. Okay. I think the main case was the um there's once there's uh that patient who um who came in with like a ear blockage and then um he had caught a cold. Mm -hmm. And then while he, was, he had this uh, cold, he, he, had, he was on an airplane to another city in, in China. And that led to this um, ear blockage, right? And then when he came back, he, the Western medical doctors, the ENT said that he should get surgery to just kind of unblock the, uh, that, that blockage, right? And then um, he didn't want to do it. So like he had this blockage in his ear for about three weeks and they went to see Dr. Wong. And I just, for, for me, like what I remember was that um, you know, I was still like a young student of Chinese medicine, so I didn't have that clear understanding of like channels or channel theory. But I, th I thought at first that Dr. Wang would probably just use like the Xiaoyang channels, right, to, to treat that issue. But then, you know, because Dr. Wang does channel palpation, he was palpating the, he first pal palpated the patient's um, hand Xiaoyang and there, there were no changes. And immediately he just went to the hand Taiyang and he found like a little stick-like change at uh, small test N6. And then he was like, oh, it's a hen uh, taiyang small intestine channel issue. And, um, and then later, you know, he explained to us, because, you know, like the hen taiyang channel, we also know it enters the ear too. And he believed that was mainly due to like the sinews of the hen taiyang channel. Because the patient, whenever, it, it always seemed like he was trying to unblock his ear by like opening and closing his jaw. Like, you know, when you're on an airplane and you want to kind of unblock yeah. your ear, you kind of like open your jaw like that. 
so he kept on doing that. So Dr. Ron thought there was like heat kind of trapped in the, the sinews of the, um, of the entire channel sinew. And that's why he had like symptoms of like, like some signs of heat too, like uh, burning sensation in the eye and things like that. Um, and like some pus, I think was in the ear. So then, um, so in Dr. Ron, all he did was just two points. He did first did on the affected side on, it was on the left ear, right? So on the left hand, he did bleeding on the gene well point of uh, the small intestine mm -hmm. channel, small intestine one yeah. and then um just like a few drops like six drops or so and then he just did needling of uh, uh the c cleft point so like small intestine six mm -hmm. and because it's a cleft point because like if there's a blockage there this is a very good point at kind of like um regulating we say the rate of flow of chi and blood in that channel so very good at like um releasing any kind of blockage in the channel right so um so dr needle small intestine six and then 20 minutes later, we removed the needles. So Dr. Warren usually retains the needles for 20 minutes. He pulled the needles out and the patient was like, oh, the blockage is gone. And then I remember just being shocked. I was like, oh my God, that was so fast. That's amazing. Because he had the issue for like three weeks, right? And Right. That so is I, pretty amazing. That was yeah. pretty amazing. And can you talk a little bit about, because some um, listeners might not know or might not be familiar with the way that Dr. Wong does bloodletting. And like, can you talk a little bit about why, why he only stopped at six drops of blood right right so there are different methods of um bloodletting right so as at the including at the gene well point so i would say dr wong clinically he used bleeding at the gene well points quite often right so um they're like when he decided to do it there's um there are three main uh ways of or two general ways of doing the bloodletting one is according to the color of the blood so if the cut blood of like when you start to bleed the gene well point um Sometimes like if the blood is like really dark, right? Like black in color, then he would just squeeze out the blood until it became more like light in color or red in color. Another method is just according to the number of drops, right? So like sometimes if we bleed according, uh, like the fewer drops, like one to eight drops, for example, Dr. Wan says that's the functions of like yin yang tong luo, so like uh, guiding yang to unblock the collaterals. And then if you bleed a bit more from like eight to about 15 or 16 drops, that's will release stagnation. And then 16 drops and above, that's more, for like clearing heat and uh, removing toxins, like uh, heat toxins, right, from the body. So, um, uh, so for this case, like I think he was just trying to just get the, like we say in yang tone, like you're just trying to get a little bit of blood moving out. And once the blood comes out, then like the chi, the the channel chi just starts to move up the channel, just starts to move things, right? Um, so I think in Jason's book, there's that diagram of that bottle. Is it? There's a bottle that's overturned, and then water yes. coming out the tip so i think people right. can refer back to that where like you if you can imagine an overturned bottle right and then like you, if you prick a hole in the right. bottle the top of the right. bottle the cap of the bottle and then water starts coming out then on the flip side like chi like or like air bubbles start to bubbles. go up right. bubble up to the surface of the water in the bottle so it's kind of has that kind of function i um, love that analogy by the way mm -hmm. But also, but I guess so the, the location of the gene well points is important too, but it's kind of hard to demonstrate yeah. here, but it's yeah. a bit more medial compared to the, um, the textbook location. So in Yang Tong Luo, so in his case, right, he had a blockage in the mm -hmm. collaterals, mm -hmm. the collateral level. That was right, right, right. So for me, um, I already talked about this with Jason, so I'm not going to go into it, but my, my hand, I had this terrible eczema, like that would basically be there every all year round but it would get worse every winter mm -hmm. um 
when he when Dr. Juan treated it when like in two sessions it was basically gone I, I was just like amazed but also another time he treated me um I, I had I was coming down with a cold um with sore throat for me my my throat my colds usually start with sore throat with copious sputum and this was in 2012 um in the winter in late winter and I I thought oh my gosh this is going to be another one to two week long you know suffering <laughs> mm -hmm. and because that's how usually how uh, in, in Beijing that's how long my colds will last mm -hmm. and um so he when he was treat when he evaluated my channels he found um abnormalities on the hand tie-in obviously right um basically he found a bunch of painful nodules at the lung C cleft point lung six mm -hmm. and also around lung five um the husky point and then so basically my, I had, I had woken up with this sore throat and I had this yellow copious white and some yellow sputum that was coming up and, uh, along with some clear thin nasal discharge. But the, the, the weirdest um, thing about my symptoms was every time I swallowed, I would feel this chill starting from the throat and it would go down the spine <laughs> and, and just spread throughout the whole body. And I have, I do have a, um, a chronic, I had a chronic history of throat issues. So from those symptoms and the channel palpation results, Dr. Wang determined that the problem was in the hand tie-in mm -hmm. and the foot tie-yang and the, um, the foot, the do, the do my. But then he also chose, he chose the points on the lung channel, but also kidney six. So the foot xiaoyin, um, just because of the throat. Um, the chronic throat issues and the throat involvement of the case, and so, so he just kidney six is like five. connects to the yin chiao, right? So the yin chiao right. goes to the throat, right? So so he only just he he just did moxa at um, da jui, so do fourteen, and he needled lung five, lung six, and kidney six, and that's all he did. And and like normally I would not have thought of these points because normally you would think okay, at least the exterior, right? LI4, uh, lung seven, Sanjiao five. <laughs> mm -hmm. But in the past, it would, you know, it wouldn't work as well as what this treatment did for me. So basically after um, that treatment, the, my, my symptoms had diminished later that day. And then the following day I did acupuncture myself on the same points. And the day after that, all of my symptoms were gone. Oh, that's amazing. Like, what is this magic <laughs> that Dr. Wong does? So, um, that was that was what really blew me away, and I thought, okay, maybe um, we could talk Dr. Wong into doing this case studies book so that we can really understand his entire approach more deeply. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so I guess you know the whole process of you know like that's an amazing case, and the, this whole process of like uh, doing this book was like uh, quite a number, quite a few years, right? Working on it and like going over cases, writing them, discussing with Dr. Wong, and like just sometimes just observing in his clinic, right, and waiting. You know, when they're really interesting cases, we immediately just start to take notes, you know, and like kind of put it together. And it was a long process, right? From like 2009 to the what, 2014, where I think we were gradually like uh, putting cases together and things like that. And it's, and it's still, it's still a process because I think um, as I'm, as when, at least for me, as I'm translating these cases, I feel like there are areas where, um, for, for the um, the English speaker, we, we do need to go a little more in detail, perhaps. 
um, explaining what a lot of the language means, um, etc., and explaining a lot of the passages of the classics that we pull from. And so it's it's an ongoing process. And but it, we I forgot we forgot to mention that we are we have been translating this for like right. a long <laughs> for time. A while. Um, yes. I mean, we've you know I think because of life things that happen in life that it kind of slowed down the uh, translating process, but we're we're pretty really close to finishing the the first draft, I would say, like the first rough draft, like a lot of the other cases we've gone over also um, multiple times in English, right? Like for the English translation. Mm -hmm. um, I think for me, I was fortunate, I was, I was lucky because I've been in China, in China this entire time. So when I was doing right. the translation of my cases, I was able to like um, talk to Dr. Wong and just pester him constantly about things like because there are things that, like you're saying like when we're translating uh the book like there are some things we want to you have to describe in more detail in english just to get the idea uh yeah. described clearly but also i found that while i was translating that I had a better understanding of what he was doing a better understanding of some of the cases so i had a, i had asked better questions too i think when i was doing the translation so I think I got some really good answers from Dr. Wong and discussions. I think I really annoyed him too at times because I was just like, <laughs> it really passionate about this one word. Like, what does that one word mean? And like, constantly. Um, yeah, no, that, that's good that you had that. Um, as for me, it was hard for, for me to get in touch with him sometimes because of the time difference. <laughs> you know, also, I also kind of felt bad to bother him a lot of the times, so. But it's almost done, guys. <laughs> I guess because yeah, people ask me like every month, like, is it done yet? Are you translating? Is it done yet? Um, but yeah, so I would say that we're very close to finishing. Very close to finishing yes. the, the rough draft. And then there will, you know, there'll be a process of editing it. And, and like, I think quite a number of the cases have been reviewed quite, a, uh, I would say probably over half of them have been uh, reviewed. We just have By to- multiple people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, including Jason. Yeah, Jason Robertson. Right. Yes, of course, Jason <laughs> Robertson. <laughs> so, um, were, were there any other cases that stood out to you? Um, you I think that was the one that I think um, stood out the most. There, you know, there are a lot of the cases that we, you know, that we. I just, I just remember, just like um, for me, it was just that being in Doctor Ron's clinic that, that, especially in those initial years, right, like. Um, just like observing, like, you know, numerous different cases and like, I don't know, just like, uh, there's so many different cases, right? From like different kinds of gynecological cases, like from patients with like infertility or um, issues with different kind of pain kind of issues, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, people like just back pain, acute back pain. And then just Dr. Warren would just use like do 19 and they'd be like, oh, it's fine. And like, just with one needle, just like a lot of those kinds of cases too, you know, like from chronic yeah. cases to acute cases and just observing all these different things that I thought it was, it was, it was quite fascinating. Yes. And there were a lot of skin cases, weren't there? Mm -hmm. Allergies yeah. and skin cases. Yeah. And then later on, I think, yeah, because you left Beijing in like 2012-ish, right? So then uh -huh. from 2012 to 2014, Dr. Wang uh, was going to the Hukusa Hospital every, every week. So the, right. in the book, we also added a lot of cases from, from uh, that hospital too. So there are um, some really interesting cases from the hospital too that were added in. Awesome. Yeah. Um, where, how about you? Were there any other things that you were 
interested in uh, or any cases that stood out to you? There, there was a hemorrhoid case and it was pretty amazing for me to watch because you got to see what was going on with the hemorrhoid as he was treating um, the woman. Was it the old uh, lady? She wasn't that old. She was it wasn't the old lady. Oh, okay. Oh, that one. Okay. okay. You remember her? Yeah. And, she, you know, she had to be in this um, on, on all fours, basically, right? Uh, with her head down right. on the treatment table. And um, so... Um, Ai, right? Liu Ai, the assistant, had to spread her cheeks and could, so that Dr. Wang could uh, access do one. And that was pretty, that was pretty cool because I had never, I had not ever seen that kind of treatment done before. And you Good could see as, yeah, you could see as he was telling her to, you know, to pull it in and repeatedly, right? And then during the needling, it, it actually went back in. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I think for those patient, female patients, we weren't, the male students were not allowed to observe. Really. Oh, right, right. I forgot that you guys weren't there, right? Oh, that makes sense, of course. There are a lot of the female patients. And anyway. vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember the old patient, like she had like severe scoliosis and she also had, um, oh, remember yeah. that? And then he, I think he was yeah. doing 19 on her, but then she also had hemorrhoids and then he also remember did uh, do one on her. And I thought that I think, was pretty effective. I think effective. at school, we, we normally, um, learn treating it distally right because in the west i think uh, a lot of patients wouldn't be down for something like that mm -hmm. and so we normally think of doing moxa and do 20 or something like that but it was pretty cool that um i thought it was pretty cool that i got to witness something like that done that's really amazing for yeah. hemorrhoids a very local treatment for hemorrhoids hmm. that's amazing yeah but for me, what I really also liked about while we were doing this um, this uh, case is just like talking with Dr. Wong, right? Like just going over these cases and like, um, I was always nervous when I handed him my my analysis of case because he had no idea what he would say. Right. But then, you know, but he was really good, you know, and like, you know, gave us good advice and kind of good, made good edits, you know, to everything. And... I always felt like he gave us a lot of leeway in terms of criticism because yeah. we know we're foreigners. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. But if we were like Chinese, Chinese. But in, I don't know. I think he was pretty, but it seemed like he was pretty happy with the book, right? Like, because if you yeah. look at the final uh, publication of the book, it was like pretty much, you know, like they, there were edits, you know, but it was pretty much what we had put together, right? So I think. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, in terms of like um, giving us the, the verbal feedback, oh, he's right. probably quite kind to us. <laughs> I think in general, Dr. Wan is like that anyway, right? So I think oh, with every yeah. student, he's because later on, he did have some like Chinese students uh, apprenticing yeah. with him, like part of that. There's this government apprenticeship program. Yeah. And then with those students, Dr. Wan was always really polite to them. You know, he's he was always very kind. I never heard him. He was never one of those like stern oh, yeah. teachers. Oh, OK, I think I just assumed because, you know, the Chinese teacher student relationship. No, no, no. He was always very kind with them and that. like, OK. Um, I think because like it was based on his own his own way of studying he always believed that a person if they they really are interested in something they will be take the initiative to do it on their own so he's just kind of really yeah. was relying on people to just you know be independent and do things on their own and like he went like push people to do things and so I think he was he, that was very progressive of mm -hmm. him <laughs> in his thinking <laughs> so I, I was just shocked I was I remember all of us were like whoa that's amazing yeah so uh, yeah, so I think that was um, that's I guess 
you know, and then the book was published and, you know, I, I think it's, it's been, uh, I think a lot of people in China have been reading it. It's in, um, yeah. And yeah. so I think like in the future, like as we do these uh, recordings, like uh, future episodes for of this podcast, we can like, you know, once in a while we'll talk about other cases from this book and like mm-hmm. recollections because there are a lot of cases, right? It's yeah. like over 120 cases, I think. Um, More than that. Yeah, I think so, yeah. On my end, I don't know, maybe these are just file numbers, but <laughs> we do have um, we, we do have little discussions in, in between the cases about patterns of illness mm-hmm. and certain acupuncture points, right? How to mm-hmm. locate them and what their functions are. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm looking at my document list and like just me alone, I have 119. Okay. I think with so, cases, it's 126 cases or something like that. I okay. forget the exact number. But then there, yeah, there are also all these other uh, discussions. But remember, there are also things that cases that Dr. Warren didn't, like he just was like, oh, that's, he didn't want it. He didn't, some cases he didn't put into the, the case study book. Okay. So I think, as actually, there were a lot of cases I thought that were really interesting for me, like, you know, as a, like, because we're as a young student at the time, but I think for him, they're like oh, they're too too simple, like yeah. they're too. So he's just I think those kinds of cases he just kind of um, removed. But he's I think like we should have. Right? I think I think we should have. It would have been good to keep them in, like because there are some cases where he did like the contralateral needling technique, and like with one treatment, yeah. the patient was fine. But I think he was just like, oh, yeah. that's too normal, and he's just like, oh, we don't need that one. In. Right, right. I I remember he he omitted a lot of them. Mm-hmm that yeah maybe in future editions <laughs> right 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 we can add them back right in. i think because from his experience they're just oh that's too 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 simple that that's too common right and simple for him but <laughs> yeah 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 but for like you know other people not the rest of us right right, right. <laughs> but, so um, i think that yeah. that's uh, about like this uh, basic uh, introduction to dr on's uh, case studies book and just to remind everyone you know that we are working on it, it's almost finished translating and um, um but I don't know like how long it'll take from like the whole process of like um editing it Final and editing. Yeah, yeah getting all the illustrations yeah. and everything ready but hopefully it'll be done uh soon <laughs> and um I think so within the next six months okay good <laughs> right. um thanks for all your patience <laughs> it's coming um, so, so it was good talking to you, May. And um, I guess Thank in future you. episodes, we'll, we can talk more about the case studies book and because there's so many cool sure. cases that we can uh, recall and, um, yeah. and talk about. Oh, they're all in the book too, but yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, John. <laughs> have a good day. A good I don't day. know what time it is there, but have a good, good night. Or? It's 12.30 p.m. <laughs> okay, so you're, oh, it's your new time. And okay. it's your morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, have a good rest of your day, John. Okay, thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye.